I want to talk about the Word of God. Um, let's go to Matthew, Matthew 4, if we could, please. But in the Word of God, it says here in verse 4, it says, um, in verse 1, it says, Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he afterwards hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made to bread. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, A man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This time last year, and I guess as I share this testimony, um, I'd come to camp, I was pretty much worn out physically, emotionally. Um, I'd, I've... Um, not that it matters, but pretty much since I was 16, I've been in a very physical job, you know, whether it be... I left school to go hay carting, how's that, you know, at 16. So um, you go leave school, hay carting, brick laying, brickies labouring, concrete tank building, cement rendering, concreting, you know. So um, so I, I don't think the human body is designed to be punished like that. So I, I was pretty pretty worn out. I was on some um, fairly heavy painkillers and other sort of medication and stuff like that, which was obviously having a, a, a huge effect on me. Came to camp. I was sort of, I was glad to be here. I love being at camp. Camp's the most wonderful places. It's just a, such an escape from the world. It's like, you know, it takes me about two or three days to sort of switch off and, you know, leave work behind and everything else behind. But then you just immerse yourself in camp and fellowship and friendship and and it's just absolutely fantastic. It's, um, yeah, it's uh, the next best thing to an overseas holiday, I reckon, you know. Um, I've only ever had one overseas holiday and the moment the plane crossed past Darwin um, I switched off never thought about work again for 10 days it was really it was excellent it was the most restful time I've ever had but camps like that you know and uh, I came here and eventually switched off but but I wasn't feeling good and uh, and I remember at camp I'm saying Lord I can't do another year like this I can't go through another year um, physically emotionally like I have just been through it was, it was a real struggle especially towards the end of the year and I said, Lord, you've got to do something. You know, like your word's there. It's it's there. It's got answers. There's got to be answers in there for me. So you've got to do something. So anyways, I going along and then we came to um, the beginning of the year, um, the Daniel prayer and fast. You know, the Daniel fast, not the prayer and fast, but I'm assuming we all pray during it. We just don't stop eating. We, Anyways, I thought I've done it every year and sort of every year you go, oh, yeah, I'll give up television and I'll give up this and give up that. But I really wanted to make it and I've always got something out it's always been an amazing blessing the Daniel fast um, if you haven't done it and you haven't heard about it find out about it and do it it's 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 just every year I've got something out of it but this year it was like you know I'm really struggling Lord I can't do this and um, I thought well I'll look a bit more into it and uh, let's go to the book of Daniel Daniel 1 in the third year the reign of um, that person king of Judah uh, Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon into Jerusalem, besieged it. Um, we know the story. Okay, I just want to go to... For the children in whom was no blemish, but well-favoured and skilful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science and such. In five, and the king appointed daily provision of the king's meat and the wine which he drank, 
so nourish them three years, and at the end of there they might stand before the king. Now among them there were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank, and therefore he requested that the prince of Eunuch might not, that he might not defile himself. Now God, now God had brought Daniel in favour and tender love of the prince of the eunuchs. The other translation talked about Daniel not um, involved himself in the, the king's dainties, and we use that word there. And it talks about cakes and sweets and all those sorts of things, you know. I thought, right, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give up sweets and all this sort of thing and chocolate, cakes, anything like that. And, you know, obviously the, the normal things, television, you know, surfing the net, all that sort of thing, you know, that, that all went. And I found that all of a sudden my, my mood changed. You know, I was happy, I was excited, I, I, I was full of energy and I actually, <laughs> surprisingly enough, woke up one morning and thought, oh, I should go for a jog. Ooh, not a good idea. <laughs> Just calm down, go to work, do something, you know, not so physical. And so I, 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 felt, I felt so energised and I'm thinking, wow, this is amazing. And then and now I come to realise that I was living the Word of God. Like, this is the Word of God. Like, you know, we go back to that scripture in Matthews and says that the word, man should live not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So I think there's got to be something in this. There's got to be something that living according to the Word of God is 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 going to help you, you know. And, and so I started sort of maybe you know, looking a bit back over my life and times when I had, you know, sort of applied the Word of God to my life and, and used it and, um, you know, and had it um, working in my life. But... I wanted more. I wanted it to be, and I would go to the scripture in Hebrews if we could, in Hebrews, Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even and dividing asunder the soul, the spirit, the joints and marrow. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto his eyes, eyes of him whom we have to do. So I guess the way I used to describe it was the word of God was life. It was just was life. It was everything I needed. It was it was everything I needed to be happy. It was everything I needed to um, deal with a difficulty or a problem, and whether it be a work problem or a, a, a home problem or whether it be a spiritual problem, the Word of God is something that we can use every day in every situation. We're spiritual beings. We need to walk spiritually. And so when we face a problem in the world and, and we go, and sometimes we, we face these problems and we try to answer them with worldly solutions, but it's so much easier and so much joyful to answer them with, with the Word of God and to use the Word of God to solve the situation. You know, um, rather than trying to deal with things in the flesh or in the world, worldly ways. And look, the world doesn't really have the answer. So I wanted to, you know, so the Word of God is living, and that's, that's what the word quick means. It's living, you know, it's alive, it's moving. We all use the Word of God, and I, you know, when I think about it, I look back over and I think, yep, uh, you know, oh yeah, the Word of God worked there, and the Word of God, and it's sort of, and I was just sitting there thinking about it this morning, you know, look at this river out there, it's, it's, it's alive, it, it's moving, it, it's slowly 
meandering to the sea. It's huge. It's powerful. If you need it, you go and draw on it. You know, whether you need water or something like that, you can go and draw on it. But the but the Bible describes the Word of God or the Spirit in us as a spring of living water bubbling up. And I guess everyone here has uh, spent some time in the hills, in the mountains, have we? I grew up in the mountains. Um, I grew up on a farm where the property name was called Wanoon, uh, which is an Aboriginal name for underground water. So I'm very familiar with water trickling out of the side of the hills, running down over rocks and, and bubbling and, and gurgling, and, and it's alive. It's alive and it's, it's moving in it. And, you know, for all those people who drink this, you know, um, spring water from your fridge at your local supermarket, it's swamp water compared to what comes out of the hills. <laughs> yeah, it, it's absolutely refreshing. Um, it's got taste. It's got life to it. For me, the Word of God has been like that river. It's, it's been there, something that I can use, you know, when I need it. But as you start to allow the Word of God to work in your life, it, it becomes like a bubbling spring. It, it's there all the time. It's, you know, the Lord is constantly um, using and, and giving you the Scriptures to, to carry you through. And I'll share another testimony in a minute about that. You know, we, we think of it as life. And, um, and quick and alive. Let's go to Philippians 4. During, during that time last year, this is sort of one of the scriptures that eventually um, came to mind when I, when I was there and I was thinking, oh, Lord, you know, your word says that I should have a sound mind. And I'm going, well, I don't have one. What's going on? It's not sound. It's, it's not where it should be. You know, I don't want to be like this. I want to be, um, I want to be a living testimony for you. I want to, I want to, I want what you've promised me. You know, you, you've promised me a sound mind. I want that. So you, I started reading. I started looking into the Word of God. I started praying about it. And you know, I think it was a couple of years ago. Here, I gave a talk and I had a drill. Does anyone remember that? Who remembers the drill? Yep, there's a few people here. The drill is God. Prayer is the trigger that activates the power of God. So you've got to pray about it. You just can't operate. You've got to go, Lord, I'm not, I'm not coping. I'm not coping. I need your help. I need you to, to show me what you want. And listen, it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be what you want to hear. You know, we're sort of a little bit sort of, we like things to be easy and nice and fluffy and now Chris was talking about the coffee thing and I thought oh that's really good you know human nature was oh where's my third cup of coffee you know hang on what's going on instead of instead of and this is where Philippians comes into instead of going oh well great I got two days worth of coffee they were nice coffees are great I wasn't expecting them but I got them but human nature is to to automatically or our default setting is to go to the negative where's my third cup of coffee Instead of thinking, oh, great, I've just had two days of coffee. I can pretty much save myself 10 bucks. I can go and at least buy one, and I'm still $5 in front. But we don't. Philippians 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ. 
And finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Human nature is not to do that. So we're going to live according to the word of God. Let's stop thinking about the negative things that are happening in our life, but think about the positive things. And so I started doing this. I started um, looking in the negative situations and, and starting to see the positive, you know, to think on the good things, to think on the, you know, the, the pleasant things, anything that was true. And, and so what, what was happening was the word of God was starting to come alive in me. It started to become this this brook, this stream. It wasn't any longer this big river that just flowed along. And so, so we tend to we tend to dwell on the negative. We tend to dwell on those things, and that's where I was at. You know, I was dwelling on the negative. How much um, life was really just dragging me down. And so, so I started to reverse the situation. I started to to think about my testimony. Think about my walk in the Lord. You know, um, I started to understand that. Wow, what an amazing thing God called me. And I was saying to someone the other night, you know, in the millions of people in the world, God chose you. That's something to be excited about. It's something to be really uplifted about because he could have chose anyone else. And even though that we go through difficulties in life, and I believe God is there uh, teaching us and guiding and, and directing us and, and saving us. You know, my my life hasn't always been easy. You know, I... I don't know if I shared this the other night, but at primary infant school, I decided I wanted to know Jesus Christ, and and I would spend the rest another thirteen years searching and trying to find Him and trying to know Him. And and in that time, you know, things weren't always easy. Things weren't always, you know, pleasant. But God kept me through them all. God kept me, and the most exciting thing, and if God hasn't, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit today, if you have not been called of God and you're here, you're sitting here, then God really wants to know you and you, you to know him. You're not going to escape. You're not going to escape because he will complete that which he started in you. And for me, he started that at about the age of seven. Um, and he's continuing, and I've been in the Lord now a bit over 30 years, and, and he's still working in me, he's still um, trying and teaching me to, to be a better person, to be a better saint, to be a better um, son or daughter, as we do with all our children. I mean, just because they're 30 years old, you don't stop directing them, you don't stop teaching them, you don't stop trying to help them be better. And so God's the same with us. So let's go to Hebrews 12, verse 14. Hebrews 12, verse 14. I follow peace with all men and holiness without, no, with which, without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently, lest any fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Many be defiled. This whole root of bitterness thing, it's, it's such an easy thing for us to fall into and I got you know I've just written a little thing here and, and and generally it can happen anywhere and what I'm saying is the word of God is is something for us to live by and not allowing any root of bitterness and if you read on it it says um, the root of bitterness troubles you 
but defiles many. So, so it's about keeping ourselves right so that we're not upsetting others around us. And we can think, well, you know, just let's, let's look at the workplace, for instance. We can have, um, you, you might be in a workplace, you might be working in a team, and you've come up with a, an idea that's going to save the company millions of dollars. Um, you might be working for McDonald's and decided that taking 10 centimetres off the straw is going to save money. And, but someone else in the team has taken credit for it. And, and all of a sudden there's this root of bitterness rising up in you and you're thinking, how dare he take the credit? It was my idea to shorten the straws. And because you've got that root of bitterness, it's starting to affect the entire team. See what I'm saying? It, it, it's such an easy thing to happen. But then what happens is you become so bitter that you, you just throw it all away. You just throw it all away. It's so easy. Like Esau, it's just so easy to do that you can just give up. And so when we're, in, when we're talking about spiritual things, and of course it's a worldly situation but that root of bitterness can, can continue to trouble you, not just in your workplace, but in your home life and in your spiritual life. And so we've got to be careful that these, these things don't happen to us. We've got to, we've got to deal with them. In 1,565 years, I just plucked that figure out of the air. It's not going to matter, is it? It's not going to matter in the kingdom of God when we've been there and 10,000 years, when we've been there 10,000 years, are you going to be sitting there going, damn, I wish I'd got the credit for that straw? <laughs> it's not going to matter. But is it worthwhile selling your birthright simply over such a, a, a minute thing? And it doesn't matter what it is in this world. It could be huge, but in 10,000 years, it is nothing. It is absolutely nothing. So it's not worth it. So, so you've got to sort of start living according to the Word of God. You've got to sort of go, okay, I'm not going to let this root of bitterness spring up in me. I'm going to let it go. You know, and if it really, it might really be hard for you to do, but you might go and say, good on you, mate. Good thought. Yeah, take five mil off the straw. That's a go. So we've got to, we've got to, um, we've got to stop doing that. We've got to, not worry about it. I want to finish with a final testimony, just how the Word of God works in our life and how once you start using it, it's always there and it's bubbling up and it's answering questions and dealing with problems and difficulties. I have a situation in my life where, and I, I simply listed it here as the attack. And every now and again I've got a, a family member and usually once every two or three years there'll be the attack. And it usually... It starts out fairly sort of innocent, sort of, hi, how you going? Never asks about how the children are or anything like that. But then within a matter of you know, 12 hours or something, it turns to a very um, volatile, very attack. And, and what it does, it, it, it simply, to me, it simply drags up everything that I've, I've left behind, everything that, every difficulty, every problem, every bad thing that's ever happened to me, it drags that up. I've got a wonderful wife and, and I think, oh yeah, it's not affecting me, it's not affecting me. She said, you've got to do something about that, it's affecting you. Oh, okay. It was only two, two or three weeks ago, the attack came and I sort of going to a meeting one morning and I'm going, Lord, why? Why? Why can't you just, 
do something about it. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the Word of God's alive in your life. It's bubbling up. It's springing over the rocks and the, the things that are in your life and the, the difficulties and problems. And the first scripture that came to mind was 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7. There is given me a thorn in the flesh to buffet me. Praise the Lord. I, there's a reason for it. This is to buffet me, you know, to keep me on the straight and narrow, to make sure that I'm not, you know, because sometimes when life is cruising and we're sailing along, we can start to forget that we're actually spiritual beings. And so all of a sudden there's this, oh, okay, thank you, Lord. Okay, well, I understand why it's happening. It's there to buffet me. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. We are tempted... But with every temptation, God makes a way of escape. Praise the Lord. Okay, it's all good. You know, this is, this is the word of God getting excited. And I'm getting, wow, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden, there's like there's just flood of scriptures. And the other one was um, uh, in Romans 8, where it says that all things work to good to those that love the Lord. So yes, there was an attack, but it started to show to me that the word of God was alive in me and, and it was bubbling up and it was helping me to, to deal with it and to overcome and to move on. And something that takes me days or weeks to get over was gone in two or three days. You know, I was like up on back up on cloud nine, you know, sort of praise the Lord, you know, God is really working in me. The word of God is alive in me. It's bubbling up. We just read that Hebrews twelve fourteen talks about this root of bitterness and, you know, I had to deal with it Move on, you deal with it, stop blaming me. So what I'm saying is, last year I struggled. Through the year I started to learn and use the Word of God. And then all of a sudden then when problems and difficulties happen, the Word of God bubbles up in me and, and the Word just keeps and pouring out like, don't worry about it. Oh, yes, it's a temptation, but I've made a way of escape. You know, that, that escape could be the Holy Spirit. That escape is, is camp, fellowship, all these sorts of things. I've given you way out of these things. I've given you ways to, to cope, to be able to bear it, and that's what the Scripture in Corinthians says. I'll give you a way of escape that you may be able to bear it, that you may be able to rise above it and, and soar over it and, and not to allow any bitterness to rise up in you, to, to feel um, compassion and, and sorrow and all those things that Jesus felt as he, he stood there at the grave of um, Lazarus, you know. So the Word of God is alive in us. It's something that, that bubbles up and continues. Now, I encourage us to use it daily in every situation that we have. To, to If we've got a difficulty or problem, don't use worldly answers. Use godly answers. And we'll just finish one last scripture in the book of John. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You want to activate the power of God. You want to activate the Word of God. You want to activate God in your life. Use prayer. And then when the answer comes, don't ignore it. Listen to it. Do it. As hard as it may seem, it will work because it's the Word of God. It's, it's designed to work. It, it has to work. It, it, there's no other answer. And then it goes on and said, all things were made him, made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life. You, wanna, you want to live life and life more abundantly, stop living on bread alone and live by the word of God. Amen.